Four and a half to go. Kolaris play action. He wants it to the end zone. That one tipped at the line of scrimmage and incomplete. Oh. And then he's pushed down late by Micah Johnson. Dobson wants the call. Oliveira is mad at somebody. How is that not a penalty? It's a late hit on Zach Kolaris after the play's dead. He absolutely gets knocked down on the field by Robertson and nothing is called. Unless that was a phantom play, Zach Kolaris, I don't know how he ends up on the ground without contact unless he absolutely take it, took a dive. Here comes the late flag right now. There we oh, go. And him staying in the game. I, I'm just well, I'm blown away by that. There's no punishment. There'll probably be a $100 fine that'll be appealed by the PA. So, I'm going to infer from that you, you think that needs to change or needed to change a long time ago. You tell me. Yeah, and, it's unacceptable. Yep. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Here is 680 CJOB's Derek Taylor. Live from the heart of banjo music in our country, we are live at the pregame tailgate party zone at IG Field, and it is packed for multiple reasons. One, because Doug Brown is here. Two, it's the Banjo Bowl. Three, the Strevolution is checking in at 1.30. Chris Strebler, former Bombers quarterback, NFL player nowadays. Uh, he's coming in for the Banjo Bowl, and based on what he did in the 2019 Banjo Bowl, he has uh, some pretty sweet history with this game. Appreciate you joining us at the Certainty Broadcast booth. Professional-grade building materials, pro all the way. Derek Taylor, Doug Brown, Ed Tate with you. Christian Amell checks in later. Greg Mackling as well. We'll have the coaches' comments. You may not be surprised to know we'll talk a ton about Pete Robertson headbutting Zach Kolaris in the face last week in the resulting one-game suspension. Strebler joins us at 115. We'll talk about the origins of the Banjo Bowl and get you all set up for the biggest game of the year. The Labor Day warm-up was fine, but Doug Brown, as you pointed out astutely last week, this is the main card. This, this is the big show right here. Exactly. Right? That's Look at it. Just a warm-up for this one. You know, and they're so gracious. They even give the gave the opponents a little green tent down the way. So thinking about popping that thing. But, yeah, it's it's still still standing right now. And uh, I just couldn't believe getting here our usual two, ga- uh, two hours before the game, game time, pregame show, and it's just slammed. There are so many people. We usually see a lot of people down here in the tailgate area and people tailgating before games. But to this extent... I would say, you know, this is probably 300 times the early pregame participation that you normally see uh, before a bomber game happening right now. The revelry, crazy here. I came up the up uh, Chancellor Matheson at 11:30. There were minimum three dozen tailgaters in various parking lots. <laughs> it is it is absolutely bonkers. As Chris would say, it's lit right now, right? Chris Strebler would say, it's well, lit. He's, he's in his 20s. He yeah. talks like that, yeah. I, I think. We'll, we'll talk to Strebler coming up at 1.15. Uh, the weather for this, this day is uh, somewhere between perfect and ideal. 21 degrees Celsius. The sun currently shining. Uh, wind is 11 kilometers an hour, so not much at all. What we will be talking about in this first segment is the headbutt, and it sounded a little something like this. Second and goal from the five. Four and a half to go. Kolaris play action. He wants it to the end zone. That one tipped at the line of scrimmage and incomplete. Oh, he oh, headbutted him. him. How?
How did the officials miss that? What an idiot. Robertson headbutted Kolaris in the face. That is the absolute oh my gosh. dumbest play of the game. And that's going to cost them. That's going to be a massive fine. And is what it going to cost them the game? An idiotic play. Not a, not a word of a lie in there from Doug Brown's mouth. Winnipeg was going to be held to a game-tying field goal. Instead, first and goal from the two. Touchdown that gave them the lead. Obviously, we know how the game did, turned out, but uh, Doug, that was just... Uh, I don't know that I've seen as unthinking an act as that. Uh, it still makes me mad thinking about it right now. You know, it's, it's unacceptable in so many ways. I mean, this is the guy that actually made the play that is celebrating. Okay, it's after the whistle. He loses control of himself he's so proud to celebrate his accomplishment that he headbutts the quarterback after the whistle like there's so many things wrong with that play this guy I'm, I've never met him before but he's got to be one of the dumbest players on an active roster in the CFL to be that overwhelmed and and lose control to that degree it's and and to headbutt Zach Kolaris you know, a guy that was almost ran out of this league due to a, a, a number of, of incidents, of a head trauma. Uh, like I said, uh, I said this all week. It's like walking up someone with a partially detached retina and poking them in the eye. Like, what are you doing? You know, Zach Claris is the face of this franchise and the best quarterback in this league, and you just can't get away with stuff like that. I almost, I don't even know if I think uh, one game is enough for this guy. He's just, you know, you should get a, an idiot suspension tag on or something like that for things that are just so stupid they're not even comprehensible. I, I, I've interviewed Pete Robertson on maybe two occasions. We'll hear his clip a little later on. It was certainly the dumb. It was certainly an incredibly dumb act. Um, uh, Ed Tate, one game suspension in the CFL. I kind of look at it compared to. 82 game sports and go that's the equivalent of four four and a half games in say the nhl or the nba i feel like for a guy with no history i'm okay with that but not everybody falls into that category where are you at uh you know i mean garrett marino got two for his thing last year and then he got another one for the celebration and the, you know and another one on top of that for the the slight of uh jeremiah mazzoli so uh you know if you're using that as the 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 template then i guess one game seems fine you know what what what's really frosted me since last week after the hit or the the headbutt is first of all it's so disrespectful to another athlete out there i know you're jacked up and i know it's 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 almost worse than a dirty hit because it's not happening between the whistles it's happening after the whistle but what bought, really frosts me is all these quote-unquote hot takes since then from people that saying uh, that it was warranted. That, uh, and what did he say to him? What did he say to him? Yeah. Or, or it was a, a dive yeah. after he got oh, headbutted. Yeah. I thought, come on, are you, are you kidding here? Can we take off the, the, the rose-colored glasses or the blue-colored glasses or the green-colored glasses and see this for what it is? And what it was was uh, dirty and was uncalled for. And the suspension is one game. Uh, again, f it fits the template. But uh, can we just back off on these idiotic hot takes? <laughs> we, if you download the Blue Bomber podcast, you get the coaches show from Monday. And I ran through all the whatabouts with oh, yes, Coach O'Shea. I heard that. Oh, because there was the range of it's totally fine to kick him out of the league. And 
At the extremes, it's just nonsensical. Well, Cam Lawson hit Jake Dolagala in the head. Cam was trying to make a tackle. He was trying to make a quarterback sack. Totally different thing. Uh, Adam Big Hill spears on every short yardage play. Coach O'Shea said, well, the quarterback's leading with his head, too, so I don't know what you really want there. Maybe maybe the closest, and I think it was Jeff Hamilton, the free press, who you said disrespectful. He said, I think it's equivalent to spitting in a guy's face. And I thought, I think it's probably on that. Spitting is just, wow. Well, but it's not far from that. I, I would go with that. Here's one that I'll throw to, to you, Doug. A lot of people are saying, well, Pete Robertson is lucky he got suspended for this game because of the retribution. And it's and it's interesting because I don't think the bomb if he is playing today, I don't honestly don't think the bombers go out of their way to do something to him afterward. They're trying to win the game. That's your retribution is go out and beat them by three touchdowns today or beat them by one point today. Just beat them. That I mean, are you gonna jump on Pete Robertson after the whistle? Are you going to headbutt him after the whistle for retribution? No, that's just not smart football. It's not smart thinking, but maybe I'm out of line there. You tell me what you would have done if this was... Uh... Yeah, you know, it's really tough. It's an in-the-moment kind of thing, and I'm not going to lie, I was a little surprised that the response was kind of muted. I think guys were shocked because you're not looking for stuff after the whistle in right. the first place, right? And I know Stanley Bryant saw what was happening. I know Brady Oliveira... Uh, prevented uh, a couple of offensive linemen from from inter- interfering. It's hard to carry that over as a player. Um, yeah, the most important thing you can do is respond and win. Right. Um, you know, if you get some shots in on that guy in the bottom of the pile, uh, you know, uh, to boot, then all, all the better for it in, in terms of. But it's a difference between the philosophies of the, of the, the, the two teams. Mike O'Shea runs a very disciplined uh non-retaliatory team that that is one of the least penalized in the league and Saskatchewan Rough Riders are just a freaking sorry a barroom brawl of 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 activity when it comes to undisciplined play right there you look at how many penalties were taken in the in the Labor Day Classic Um, every year they seem to have a player that crosses way over the line and then their coach kind of he welcomes it. He doesn't put a, a line in the sand. He doesn't draw a red line about, hey, he will never condemn his players unless he's he's put to the fire. You know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, it's a difference between the culture of two different teams. And, uh, you know, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders right now, in my mind, under the rule of Craig Dickinson, are a super undisciplined team, and he doesn't have iron rule over them in terms of their their uh their behavior in a game it's it's been a problem for the riders for some time and like you mentioned i believe it's five years in a row the bombers have had the fewest penalties in the canadian football league on a per game basis they have the fewest once again this season even after some early season uh troubles with with penalties things are definitely going their way uh let's quickly get in zach kalaris uh pete robertson told the regina media wednesday that he would reach out to kalaris here's zach on how that conversation went yeah, we spoke, and uh, it was good. You know, cleaned it up real fast. Like I said earlier in the week, uh, I don't think Pete's a dirty player, and um, you know, he just apologized and you know said I kind of, kind of just blacked out in that moment there, and uh, you know things happen. And, and I said to him kind of what I said to you guys earlier in the week. You know, what I said after the game wasn't really a trying to take a shot at him or a shot at uh, him losing money, but it was more kind of a, a big picture thing and, and uh, how I feel. You know, the league needs to to crack down on some of that stuff. That is quarterback Zach Kalaris on his conversation with Pete Robertson 
after uh, the game. At DT on OB on Twitter or hit us up on the text line at 204-780-6868. One game suspension. Too much, too little, just right. Hit us up. We'd definitely love to have you part of the pregame show. Don't forget today's game brought to you by PlayNow.com. Bet on blue. The Strevolution. Do you like the nickname The Strevolution? I like them all. I, yeah. I like them all. Honestly, it's a top ten nickname in sports. And, and uh, as much as I was in Saskatchewan when it became a thing, uh, I absolutely love the nickname. Chris Strebler, the lineup for him. I don't know how you navigated the lineup for your autographs. No, I it saw depends. that down and around the corner he is with us and we're going to take a quick we're break. getting swarmed derek it is people are moving in <laughs> yeah normally no but nor, normally they keep their distance but they're getting closer now chris Strebler with us live the hero of the 2019 banjo bowl we'll talk to him talk about how things are going and uh, what brought him back for this one excited to have him here it's princess auto blue bomber football at 680 cjob Healthier living starts with Vita Health Fresh Market. Reduce sugar, but not taste with Healthy Lifestyle's Smart Sweetener from InnoTech Nutrition. It's four times sweeter than sugar, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and artificial ingredients. This prebiotic sweetener is great for keto diets, made with quality stevia leaf and naturally occurring sweet fibers from cane and chicory. Healthy Lifestyle's Smart Sweetener is on sale now at Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives with six Winnipeg locations or at myvita.ca. You use them every day. You might be using one right now. Roads connect people to jobs, to schools, to hospitals. We need safe and reliable roads, bike paths, and walkways. Manitoba needs strategic investment for better roads. In the provincial election, ask your candidate, what's your plan for better roads? Take the Better Roads quiz and you could win $1,000. Visit voteforbetterroads.ca. A message from Manitoba Heavy Construction. Feel Good Day is back at Co-op. Stop by your local Co-op gas bar on September 19th, and for every liter of fuel sold, Co-op will make a donation to a local group in your community. It's the Co-op way, fueling communities across Western Canada for generations. So fill up your tank on September 19th and feel good knowing Co-op is giving back to your community. Visit your local Co-op gas bar for more details about this year's Feel Good Day. Uneven or sloping floors, cracks in the doorways or walls, doors or windows sticking, are all signs your home's foundation is shifting. Bluemax Basement Systems are the foundation pile experts and can lift and level your home with their Bluemax Helical Pier System. Their technology allows Bluemax to guarantee the weight of your basement is permanently stabilized and supported for its lifetime. Bluemax provides the highest quality of repair for people who love their homes. Visit bluemaxbasements.ca. That's blue, M-A-X-X-Basements.ca. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Hey there, Bomber fans. I'm Marissa Turton. Did you know the Bombers haven't lost Labor Day in Banjo Bowl back-to-back for five years? This is the 19th time these two teams will meet in the Labor Day rematch since its inaugural game in 2004. On just seven occasions, Winnipeg has been swept by the Rough Riders in the home-and-home series, but that hasn't happened since 2018, the year that Zach Kolaris was under center for Saskatchewan. Back to the first Banjo Bowl, Hall of Famer Charles Roberts had a nearly 160-yard rushing game and scored twice as the Bombers completed a Labor Day Banjo Bowl sweep of the Riders. Milt Stiegel also picked up one major on a one-yard fumble recovery. 
Pre-game show brought to you by Olympic Building Center. Tackle all your at-home projects with Olympic Building Center. We're about an hour and 50 minutes away from kickoff. And the Strebler chant is underway. <laughs> Chris Strebler, Bombers quarterback. Uh, now, uh, for, forgive me, Arizona Cardinals quarterback, New York Jets quarterback. Now, uh, you, you had a break, and, and what brought you up to the... Uh, to the to the banjo bowl yeah I, i've been wanting to get back up to winnipeg ever since i left you know i haven't been back since 2019 and you know with my season with covid it just hasn't worked out and so you know when i was released and had some time on my hands i told my girlfriend i was like look if if i'm not on a team when the banjo bowl rolls around we're going up to winnipeg we're going to see that game it's going to be electric we're going to show love to the fans and uh here we are the 2019 banjo bowl it was my first season of calling games for the saskatchewan rough riders and saskatchewan had a pretty good labor day game we come to Winnipeg, we're like, hey, man, this is going to go well. You take the ball at your own 10-yard line. I'm in the booth with Luke Mullen. They're like, oh, this is great. Start. You walked down the field in like 15 plays, 100 yards, and we thought, oh, that's 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 rough. <laughs> Second quarter, Chris Trevor leads them down the field on a 78-yard drive, and there was like... Eight minutes left in the second quarter. We went. This game's just over. It was just you got you ended the banjo bowl in like twenty minutes. Yeah, it was a fun game, and, and <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the, the Labor Day game was actually crazy because I remember we scored to take a one point lead with like two minutes left. Uh, the Riders drove down, kicked a last minute field goal, and obviously that's a tough way to lose. So coming back here, you know, we were fired up and came out hot and just kind of set the tone from from the beginning. And I was talking to somebody yesterday, and Labor Day Classic's one of those games where it's such a tough environment, anything can happen. Banjo Bowl is the same way, right? It's a really tough place for the Riders to play, just like their place is a tough place for the Bombers to play. And so uh, it'll be exciting to see what happens today. We decided last week, Doug, Doug Brown made an edict about the Banjo Bowl, that now the Labor Day game is just the warm-up for the today. undercard. It's the undercard for the Banjo it's Bowl. The it's a much bigger event. It was sold out before. Look at the look at the fans yeah. here. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, the so. fans here are just amazing in general. I've always said it, and best fans in the CFL. And so. you, you appear to have uh, quite a following. I have to say, you know, when it, as a former defensive lineman, you have to have mad respect for a quarterback who, if he was headbutted, would headbutt right back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that, that is kind of the Strebler style. And uh, what a crowd you've drawn here. Everybody uh, has obviously missed. I have to ask you, what's next for you? What's in store for you going forward? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting healthy. I just got healthy, so I gave my agent the green light to start reaching out to teams, you know, in the NFL. I do believe there's going to be something for me this year, and so I'm just staying in great shape. I'm staying ready physically and mentally for, you know, whenever that opportunity comes knocking. I, I'm super curious to ask you in that vein. For a, a span of the 22 NFL preseason, you were the NFL's consciousness Robert Sala, the head coach, said, greatest preseason ever. You were, the whole NFL world was talking about you. What, what's that like, either in the moment or upon reflection? It was an absolute roller coaster because leading up to that first preseason game, the first two and a half weeks of camp, I did not take a rep in practice. So leading up to that, I was thinking, okay, you know, really, what am I doing here? I'm just going to get cut. You know, it was a really hard time for me mentally. And then the morning of the first game, one of the quarterbacks woke up, his back was tight, and I said, hey, uh, you're probably going to get in in the fourth quarter. I had not taken a rep to that point. And so for me, it was just about staying positive, staying in it mentally, and just being ready to take advantage of that opportunity. And, you know, once I had that first game under my belt, then I started to build some confidence and just continued to take advantage of the opportunities. And that's really what this game's all about. And so it was just such an exciting time and really just validates all the hard work and the mindset and, and all that time you put in in the offseason. I, I was trying to think of anything comparable in American sports and Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity was a thing for like three weeks with the New York Knicks, yeah. but you were in, in the NFL, and it's just, it's an incredible story. Chris, one of the things I asked you about this before, but I'll ask again. So, 
you made the right decision to go down there. You had to go down there to try it out, and, you know, it's you've got your NFL pension and all that stuff. But what's the connection to, like, if you take the money out of it, you won something here. Yeah. And there's what's the value in that versus the decision you made and, and chasing that? Because there's... There's got to be value in both, and this one's kind of lasting too, isn't it? This, this place has such a special place in my heart, and I've been saying this all week, and it, and it really is the truth that everywhere I go in the NFL, wherever my journey takes me, I always keep the perspective that I wouldn't be where I am without Winnipeg. And that's why it has such a special place in my heart, because no one knew me when I got here. I was able to carve out you know, a role on the, on the team, create a reputation, and these people have shown me love and support since that day. So no matter where I go, there's not going to be a bigger proponent for the CFL than me because that's your I always, foundation. Yeah, exactly. That that's that's where mm. I came from, and that gave me my opportunity. And so, it's a place that I've always come back to. Like I said, these people have always shown me support, and I'll just it'll always hold a special place in my heart. Because and you win too. You win a ring. And that's the thing. Like I tell people, look, we're in the NFL, and you guys might not appreciate it, but the CFL that's real football, and that was a real championship, and that meant everything. That meant everything to us. <laughs> so it's amazing. You ever yeah. see uh, before the last Super Bowl where the Rock went out and gave that? Can they do that with you before the banjo ball today? <laughs> Just give you a mic and you know, have you say I don't think they need any more them. juice. They're yeah. going to be ready to rock and roll today <laughs> with or without That's true. me. That's true, man. Uh, give, me, <laughs> give, me a, give me a Winnipeg memory that you have, if you would, Chris. Just uh, be it playing, be it uh, just out and about. I mean, look, it's got to be the parade, right? Like, that's still one of the best days of my life. Like, the people were showing so much love and just that whole 48, 72 hours after the Grey Cup was just such a whirlwind of – people yeah so i mean the clips yeah the videos the, the, that came from that. The speeches. I, I told this story the other day so when i was with the jets um you know when it's someone's birthday they pull up a picture and say hey you know so-and-so's birthday happy birthday so my birthday comes along in january oh hey you know straveler happy birthday well they click over to the next slide there's the gray cup the the, the post parade speech <laughs> and so i'm up there i'm lit right now you're lit right now this is amazing whatever the speech ends the whole team standing up clapping just going crazy i was like it just comes full circle it was a cool moment we we got to get down to the really important parts where's the fur coat and what is anything being done with it because legend i i was just saying look it's 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 my ex-girlfriend's mom's mom's coat so I think she still has it somewhere. It's so you gave it back. Somewhere. I gave it back. Okay. It was completely in shambles after the parade. Like the armpits were ripped out. It was covered in beer, covered in champagne, covered in God knows what. And so I don't know where it is. It probably still stinks, though. I'll tell you what. No getting That's that That's a valuable out. piece. Someone's got, you know, auction hunters or whatever? Yeah. You get those guys on the I got to get my hands they back They got to hunt that. that thing down, man, because yeah. that's worth well, something. You, you, to your point. Well, you, you can you imagine auction? if you auctioned that off in a charity in Manitoba, yeah. you would get $20,000 for that coat for, you know, if you if that, signed it. If that's it, the case, you, that's oh, something I would most yeah. definitely do. Yeah, you'd go after that. Yeah. That'd be outstanding. Yeah. So uh, your your agent is on the prowl. I also saw, I was uh, snooping your Instagram. You're doing some quarterback training yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I uh, this past offseason uh, started my own quarterback business, uh, training business with a partner. It's been going really, really well out in Arizona. And so we're going to try to take some camps across the United States this year and do some stuff uh, in different areas. But it's been really fun to just use some of this time and apply it into different passions, right? We just talked about how I was able to call a game on radio last weekend for South Dakota. I'm doing some public speaking. I'm, you know, doing my quarterback coaching stuff. So it's cool to put time into these other areas of my life that I haven't necessarily been able to and just, you know, get the ball rolling for other areas of my life. That way, whenever football inevitably does end, I have some other things that I'm ready to jump into. Leverage what you have, right? Like you you got less than 20 years left playing football. I don't know how many Less than 20, yeah. Less than 20 is what I always like. If I make it to 48, that'd be a pretty good run. So (laughs) You, You think there'll be one more stop? 
back in the CFL for you on the, on I'm, the horizon? I'm not, a, I'm not a fortune teller. You know, anything can happen, but right now not the way this, to it that's the way, for sure right no I, I love this league i love this game but right now it's just it's not in the cards for me so that's where i'm at that door happens. is not closed though and you, that that door you're not you're not resistant to coming back it's not open right now though either you know I'm, so i'm, I'm we just I'm, want it not to be I'm closed i'm south of the border right now <laughs> oh. and uh, you know so that that's where my focus is right now and you know we'll see where things go from there do you have a sense of how much we as canadian football fans Love it when we saw we see you doing stuff in the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Good. I 100% do, and that's why I wanted to come back because these people, everyone has shown me so much support. There's been a lot of ups and downs for me in these last three, four years, and these people continue to ride with me and show support, and so that means a lot to me. And that's a big reason why why I'm here today. Is that in fact true? Do you love Chris Strebler? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are awesome. So the lineup starts over to our left. It runs. You're going to be busy, my friend. I might miss the game. <laughs> Thirty yards to the right, then Ben and goes 40 more yards to I know. the right. Can you it's sign great. with both hands? Because one's going to wear out here. Uh, yeah, what do they say? Uh, a little ambidextrous <laughs> yeah, action there, there yeah. Go. He needs a stamp. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it is great to have you back. Uh, I will. The 2019 Banjo Bowl will never leave my memory. So, yeah. and man, I... I'd said to people, I don't know that I saw a better runner in the CFL in 18 and 19 than what you were doing. Wow. It was, I, I, I feared for the other people on the other side of the line. It's one of those things where you just embrace the role that you have, embrace the opportunity, and that's been the theme throughout my entire career. CFL, you know, you're the short yardage guy, embrace that and take it where it goes. NFL, hey, you get these reps in the game, you haven't taken a rep in practice, embrace it and yep. make the most of it. And that's been the model for my entire career, and it will be going forward. So Right on. Who, who you got today, Bombers or Riders? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> Bombers, everybody. Let's go. Chris Trevor with us. He's signing autographs, 130 to 230. If you get in line now, you might be able to Have get one shot. because <laughs> I don't know. it is substantial. Uh, very much appreciate hey, it. Thank thanks you. for coming back, and thanks for guys. being with yes, us. Sir. Thank you. Thank you. For Bombers Next quarterback night. Chris Trevor so joining us for the Banjo Bowl. Uh, awesome. Just absolutely awesome to have you back. And <laughs> All right. If, if Doug Brown is not available, we'll get Chris Strebler on the line. It is 128. The Strebler chant is on, and we will continue in the pregame show. Uh, we'll talk a little fantasy football on the other side. We'll hear the coach's comments as well, and we'll hear from Pete Robertson, uh, his reaction to his suspension and just the uh, ridiculous play he made <laughs> against the, Sasca the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's uh, Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football, 680, CJOB. Customized premium storage. My second garage. Keep your cars, boats, ATVs, and snowmobiles protected with heated storage units, a personal on-site wash bay, and 24-hour in-unit monitoring. My second garage is Winnipeg's first storage facility, thoughtfully designed with 16-foot clear ceiling heights to perfectly fit your lifestyle storage needs. Located in Oak Bluff on McGilvery Boulevard and in close proximity to Tuxedo, Lindenwoods, White Ridge, and Bridgewater. MySecondGarage.com customized premium storage. For nearly 100 years, Canadian-owned Princess Auto is dedicated to helping those who do the work. On the buildings that shelter us, the machines that help us get the job done, and in the fields that grow our food. Providing farmers, inventors, trades, and industry with the most unique assortment of tools and equipment. Unrivaled customer service and exceptional value. For people who like to work with their hands and figure stuff out, Princess Auto. Blue Bomber Football. Ideas. Tools.
I have a lot of debt, but I'm scared to get help because I'm afraid bankruptcy is my only option. When it comes to debt solutions, many people think it's either a debt consolidation loan or bankruptcy and nothing in between. The reality is that there are many options to consider, from credit counseling to debt management to a consumer proposal. My name is Vicki Dole, and I'm a licensed insolvency trustee at BDO here in Winnipeg, and I can walk you through all your debt relief options for free. Call 1-833-BDO-TALK or visit bdodebt.ca to book a free consultation today. Drew wanted a TV package his entire family would love. So he got Stack TV, a streaming service with 16 live TV channels and the hottest shows on demand. Now his wife streams Outlander live on W Network. His daughter binges alone on the History Channel and his son, Rubble and Crew, on Treehouse. There's something for everyone, even Fido, who can't stop licking the screen when Food Network's on. Stack TV, there's a stream for everyone. Try it free. Applicable membership required. Restrictions apply. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Who's in, who's out, and what should we expect from the Bombers in this game? The man with the answers is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Mike, coming off of the heat that was around last week's game with the headbutt, and there was a lot of stuff after the whistle, it seemed, or late in the play, let's say. Any thoughts of controlling this as the CFL reached out and said, hey, guys, turn the heat down a little bit? Hey, it doesn't matter what, uh, you know, what comes from other sources or whatever. We, we have to be in greater control of ourselves. We can't afford to take penalties. We, we're on the wrong side of a couple of misconducts there that we need to clean up. We expect our guys to play hard and play through the whistle, but it's okay to be smart and tough. And uh, I think part of that toughness is mental toughness to make sure you're able to let up when you need to let up. So, yeah, that's the expectation from within. That doesn't have to come from anywhere else. A couple changes on the roster. Malik Clements comes back on after a six-game stint. What does Malik bring back for this week? Well, we want him to bring back, you know, his same level of toughness and speed and size to a special teams role. It's really what we're asking him to do this week. I mean, he's, he was playing great defense for us, uh, but his role this week, uh, I'm sure he'll get some defensive snaps, but his role this week is to step on the special teams field and bring that same energy and physicality, you know, to the kick place. His move, uh, Greg McRae comes off to make it happen, which uh, we would guess puts Jamal Parker in the spotlight and returns. Have you liked Jamal in week number one? What would you expect from him this second week? Yeah, I think growth, really. You know, we, we absolutely like him. That's why we gave him a chance before, and, and we're going to give him another chance uh, this week to uh, show his teammates what he's got, and I'm sure he'll be good with it. Um, you know, coming off the lineup, Craig McRae is one of the best athletes we have on our team. But, you know, we've got to fill some holes, and, and unfortunately he's, he gets the short end of the stick. But it's nothing to do with the type of player he is because he's, like I said, he's one of the best athletes we have in the entire team. The other change, Jeremy Murphy comes onto the roster for the second time this season. What, what, uh, what do you hope from the rookie? Well, you know, if he gets a chance to step on the field, he's going to have to know what he's supposed to do and make sure he executes it, right? The, the bottom line is when a young guy gets on, he has to be right. You know, the quarterback's depending on him in that position to be in the right place at the right time and know what he's doing. You know, other than that, you know, he has all the attributes to be a, a good football player. Just if he gets the opportunity, make sure he's right. He converted that second and whatever it was, 27 in the Edmonton preseason game and admitted, actually, I ran the wrong route, but Tyrell threw it to me beautifully. So he was, he, he took, he wasn't right, but he made a play. So that's, I think that's where fans might remember him from. Yeah. We'd like, we'd like to see growth for sure. If he runs the wrong route with Zach, Zach will be off to someone else. It won't be 
coming to him. Like, Piggy was running for his life, so. The Banjo Bowl. Folks in Sask don't refer to it as the Banjo Bowl. They don't like it. Do you like it? Do you like turning up the heat on a rivalry with, with the name and the trophy and all this stuff? I don't really get involved with it. I mean, I think it's a neat story. I think it's one of those ones that, you know, just sort of helps bring some levity to, you know, what can be tense games, a tense rivalry, right? So, whatever. I don't, I don't know that people should dislike it. I think they should just love the fact that we got a back-to-back against uh, side-by-side neighbor provinces that both love football, both love CFL football, and uh, both give everything they got to their teams. Well, I love the fact that this was sold out weeks in advance. Well, I think it's great for us as fans. Yeah, as a as a team, the players really appreciate that. They 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 know what to expect, and not only sold out so a loud fan base, but once again, extremely smart fan base that understands their impact, the impact they can have on a game. One final one, actually. Chris Traveler is signing autographs in the in the uh, tailgate area as we speak. Uh, any uh, Traveler love you share with the us? lineup was so big I couldn't get my autograph, but uh, I've hired a couple people to land, stand in line for me and make sure they get it. I at the time wondered if he might have been the best runner in the Canadian Football League. The way he attacked, he seemed to attack the game. Oh, he's. Yeah, I don't think he brings joy to DBs that are trying to bring him down. I mean, he is, he's a violent runner, right? He's got the physical size, he's got the speed, uh, the musculature, right? And there's a certain amount of violence in his leg drive and arm drive that says if, if you're not in the right spot when you go to bring him down, you're getting struck with something, you know? So I thought it was really cool to watch him run. It's, you know, it's... You don't see that often. Hear more from Mike O'Shea on The Coaches Show, Monday from 7 to 8 on 680 CJOB. 1.35 in the p.m., so an hour and 33 minutes away from kickoff. Today's game brought to you by playnow.com. Bet on Manitoba. Derek Taylor, Doug Brown, Ed Tate with you, and Pete Robertson not with the Riders in this game. He is suspended for a game. He met the media on Wednesday, and everybody kind of wanted to know, Pete, what the hell? Uh, why would you headbutt at a quarterback at such a critical juncture of the game? Uh, Robertson, it should be noted, never been fined or suspended in his career. So that led to some of the conversation. And here is, here is Robertson. How long has he been in the league for? Uh, Robertson, was he in 21 during the COVID season? Uh, if the CFL had some stats up, I would let you know that for sure. <laughs> but we'll see what we can dig that up here. Nicely done, Derek. <laughs> Robertson met the media. Here's about 50 seconds of, of Robertson from Wednesday. I couldn't even really truly explain it. It's just a play that uh, it happened. And uh, like when I was talking to the league, I told them, guys, I want to make no excuse or explanation about the situation. And that's just that play what happened. You know, my biggest thing was that uh, I put my team in that situation at that moment. It was a crucial, crucial time. Was it just the, the heat of the moment, the law draw uh, the I game can't, led to it? I, 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 I can't even answer that. I, I honestly don't know. I don't. At the end of the day, me uh, being a guy that, you know, uh, tackle quarterbacks, you know, try to uh, help our guys, you know, come out with a win. It's, I know it's, it's plays like that I can't do. You know, and I've been playing in DN for a while, so I just know that it's, it's coming since, so I know that. At the end of the day, like I always say, I don't play to hurt. You know, I play with a high intensity, and I, I play physical. I match physicality, so, you know, at the end of the day, it was just a mistake that I made as a man. That's Pete Robertson, third season in the Canadian Football League. Doug Brown, you are very critical of his actions. Does hearing him... Well, it seems like he is more regretful of the situation he put his team in than actually, you know... 
after the whistle. It's just, the worst part about it is that as a player, you're on the field, whistle blows, your guard just drops, right? You're not – when the whistle blows, the ball's – the play is whistled live – it's anything goes right like it's it's uh it's kill or be killed out there uh, to put it in uh, uh frankly and so you always have to be prepared for co- contact violent collisions you never know what's going on and but but you're ready you're braced for it you're into the intensity you're, you're playing at a high level and then the whistle goes plays dead and then you're like okay exhale let go for a second, recharge, rethink. You're not expecting that kind of behavior from from a player, especially when you know you're a guy with with a, a injury history and you're vulnerable and you're susceptible to things. It's just out of bounds on so many levels. Uh, Davis Sanchez from the TSN broadcast. I, I love I love me some Davis Sanchez. He said, "Are we now setting a precedent that if you headbutt a guy, you get a one game suspension?" And the, and the answer I kind of have for that, Ed Tate, is. Yeah, if it's five seconds after the play and you headbutt any player in the face, I feel like a one-game suspension. We, that stuff needs to not be in the game. That just abs- stuff after the whistle, like, and that far after the whistle needs to not be in professional football. Well, absolutely, it has to be. The, the stipulation is that after the whistle, if a guy gets headbutted, like we we mentioned the Cameron Lawson tackle last week, he's not headbutting. He's making a play to try to tackle the quarterback. If they make helmet contact, he's not getting suspended for that. That's in the play. It's in the course of the play. As Doug said, so many seconds after the whistle, you're standing around. It's it's uh, it's it's, it's inexcusable. It's calibrated. It's inexcusable, and the lack of respect is is ridiculous. So if that's the precedent, yes. If that happens to uh, Pat Newfeld after the whistle, yes, it's a suspension. If that happens to someone on the Riders, if it happens to Sidney Moncrief, yes, it's a suspension after the whistle. Yeah. But we can't start saying that a play in the course of the game, when the whistle, when the my action is live, helmet to helmet is a suspension. No, you can't no. do it that way. Well, and and I think I think Doug, you made the point on the start. It's I don't know what the time is, but it's that moment where a player relaxes. Yeah. After that, it's, it's suspendable. In advance of that, I would say it's probably football. Well, you know and. Uh, to follow up what, what Sanchez said is quarterbacks are different, okay? And they are the, the 99th percentile of marketable pieces for franchises in the CFL. If quarterbacks get hurt, the play, the level of play drops, the marketability declines, the everything falls off if you don't have healthy, high-level starting quarterbacks in any league. And so guess what? You know, the rules for Zach Claris shouldn't be the same for me as a nose tackle in this league. It's not the same effect if if one of us misses a game in terms of your franchise's ability, in terms of the caliber and quality of play on the football field. It's a massive drop-off. So to pretend that, oh, because this happened to a quarterback, well, are you really going to address that with everybody? It doesn't matter. It's a quarterback. It's a different set of rules due to their importance in this football game. Okay, and and to pretend that a certain hierarchy of positioning and importance in this game doesn't it it does exist. So uh, well, it's quarterbacks and then everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 there should be a different set. You you should have to handle them with kid gloves, especially outside the whistle because of the the nature of the position and how it impacts your league. If if that was Pete Robertson on Drew Walatarski, that long after. I mean, it's still it's a different situation or same for you. For me, for me, I feel like it's the same because I, I think that stuff just. I wanted as a deterrent. You're suspended for a game. Yeah, 
it, it's not to the same degree okay. for me. It's still something that's incredibly stupid and unwarranted and, and out of bounds. But it's not as bad as when you do that to a franchise quarterback. And that's just the nature of the game. Quarterbacks have the most uh, most influence and impact for the outcome of any game than any player on the roster. So when you, you mess with them in, in a situation that's outside of football, well, here's a hypothetical. That gets magnified. So what if Robertson did walk up and headbutts Jeff Gray in that moment? Is there a suspension? Then it's a fight, probably. I, you know, is it, there a suspension though? That's the hypothetical. Because yeah, there should be. Sure. Yeah. I would say there should be. I don't know that I believe there would be, but right. there should be because I need that stuff out of the game. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's. It's. It and I'm not sure I even notice. I don't, I'm not sure if I even see that. Either you know, it, it's it's eyes, it's eyeballs on, right? It's it's yeah. not Claris. That's a, that's so. a whole other debate. Is how the officiating crew missed it, and the command center had oh. to step in, and whether Zach has to misplays, and then the guy that right. that did the transgression gets yeah. to continue to play in the right. game. It's it's absurd. Yeah. The the way the officials unfortunately on field missed it is bad. The, they caught it on review and they enforced it, but they didn't eject. So. That's got to be considered, if you eject him from the game, is that replace a one-game suspension? Uh, the next person who deliberately headbutts somebody after the play needs to be well, Let's hope it's taught. years from now, yeah. if it ever happens again. Needs to be thrown out and, uh, and serve a suspension. We talk a ton about this on the Blue Bomber podcast with the great Greg Mackling. Wherever you get your podcast, please do subscribe to the Blue Bomber podcast feed. You get our games, our pregame and postgame analysis. You get the coaches show right to your phone. Uh, Subscribe, five-star rating, and leave us a review. We would love to hear from you about the Blue Bomber podcast. Uh, let's do some quickly CFL fantasy talk. I don't care what the cost is. Nick Dembski. Kalaus for Dembski. The five and a touchdown. Dylan Mitchell's going to get one on Winston Rose. Going deep for Mitchell on Rose. Got it at the 20, and he's going to walk into the end zone. You know what I've learned about CFL fantasy football is that it makes me hate players. Kamar Jordan, I don't know anything about him, but I hate him now. Congratulations to Jimmy G, who put up 150.8 points to win the week in the CGOB Fantasy League. Show and tell continues to be number one overall. Doug Brown, 145, 211 spots ahead of me in 356. <laughs> so take these recommendations with a grain of salt, if you will. My quarterback is Trey Ford at $11,000. The receivers, I can't believe Kenny Lawler is still only 10K. DeVaris Daniels going right now. Uh, for the Toronto Argos, plus Reggie Bagleton now up to 10K. Brady Oliveira can even carry the running backs, and Hamilton's defense was good for seven points. I save money on defense. I'll take the worst good defense, the lowest price good defense, and that is how I climb within 200 spots of Doug Brown this week. Uh, Doug, what do you got? I got Kelly at quarterback and my captain. I got Brady Oliveira. I'm not sure why we went with Brady because uh, I would think Saskatchewan's going to make a concerted effort to limit his damage as after what they saw with the film and the Labor Day class. It's going to be harder sledding out there for Brady Oliveira today. I got Kadeem Carey as well. I got Kenny Lawler. I got Mr. Useless Austin Mack who got ejected for uh, fighting already. So I got zero points from him. Apparently that a was very a, soft call for the ejection. What a waste of a pick, you know. And then That's I right. have uh, Philpot who's got a whopping three point two points right now so Tyson well Tyson Philpott What's the score be, in that game it is 27 23 to 7 four minutes okay. into the third quarter Tyson Philpott should be up to 7.6 points uh, so far so but for a low price and uh, a plus 400 anytime touchdown I feel like that was a very good pick um Chad Kelly 11 of 18 for 132 
So he is not exactly driving this uh, big Argo lead. Uh, no touchdowns from him, a couple on the ground. Ed Tate's pick to click for this game, Bombers and Riders, is? I'm going to go back to Nick Dembski. Uh, set a career high last week with uh, receiving yardage, and is, I think he's up to 778 now. Derek, you can uh, help me with that. Uh, I just think he, he's one of those guys that, a hometown guy, him and Zach have a long had a connection. He's going to get touches as a running back, too. Uh, I think he's going to catch one of those corner routes over the shoulder. Nick Dembski, we're not calling him the Willie Mays catch anymore. Zach Clara says that the Dembski catch. So I think he's going to get in the end zone and have a lot of yards today. 7.86 on the season for Dembski. He's on pace for 11.79, which would be the most for a Winnipeg Canadian since... Gerald Wilcox. In 1994, nailed it. Doug Brown, your pick from this game. I got Kenny Lawler. So, uh, you know, it, it's been interesting the last couple games because Zach Claris has really been trying. He, he's gotten in trouble a couple times trying to force the ball to Kenny yep. Lawler. So they got to find a different way to scheme him open, get him available. Uh, you know, when you have a talent like that, that's your natural tendency. Hey, I got to get this guy the ball. And so I, I figure, you know, he's either going to break free, they're going to figure out something, and they're going to be able to capitalize on his talent. But it's, uh, you know, it's been close to disaster a, a couple times with, Zach trying to, uh, you know, get their number one receiver involved in the game when, when a defense obviously doing everything in their power to take him away. I like the thought of Brady Oliveira in, in this game. I think that this game in the fourth quarter, the conditions will be optimal for a heavy dose of running, a.k.a. the Bombers will have the lead and want to salt this one away. So uh, although I think you're right that they'll try to shut down Brady early, uh, they're going to get a serious dose, the Riders will, of Brady late. So Brady Oliveira to me is a solid Solid pick for this one. All right. It is 147. We'll take a break. On the other side, we'll talk about the origin story of the Banjo Bowl. It is packed here in the pregame tailgate party zone at IG Field. And it's uh, one offhanded comment and one man's determination to make this the biggest game of the CFL regular season. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. Why waste the weekend on dry land this summer when you can take to the water in a LumaCraft boat from Lukestown Service? Designed to match your fishing and boating style, from its riveted V-Haul design to its easy-to-install Alumatrack mounting system. Add in Luke's excellent customer sales and service, and you're more than halfway to enjoying the Alumacraft advantage. Drop in for your Alumacraft boat today at Lukestown Service in Eli, Manitoba. Your weekend looks good! Welcome to Building a Garage 101. The company you choose should visit your site, go over placement and approach, then check with the city about size, placement, and variances. And finally, provide a free detailed estimate. Excuse me? Just call JML Roofing and Renovations. They've been doing all of that for over 20 years. And JML doesn't just build a garage, they build your garage. JML works with you and your needs. You deserve the best. Call JML Roofing and Renovations and get your garage built. 668-1861. Want to be certain your reno goes right? Start with Pro Materials with Certainty Drywall. In fire resistant, water resistant, super durable, or soundproof and top quality insulation ceiling systems premium shingles and siding do it right with professional grade building materials from certainty pro all the way 
Monday nights, Bomber Nation is always ready to listen up for some great football insight from the head coach. It's a tough business. Most of the listeners out there would not face that kind of scrutiny with their their livelihood hanging over their head on a weekly basis. Trumpeted by the media and social media. And a lot of negativity, you know, with, with very little thought given to the person. Monday nights at 7, Mike O'Shea joins Derek Taylor in studio to take your calls and texts. The weekly Bomber Coaches Show, all season long and only on 680 CJOB. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. A big number for this game is 2,000. Bombers receiver James Murphy went into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in the year 2000. More than deserved. He retired as the Bombers' all-time leading receiver, just over 9,000 yards, including 1,746 in 1986, second most in a season in Bombers history. Today, Murphy becomes the 16th person inducted into the Blue Bombers' ring of honor. 1.50 in the p.m. We're an hour and 18 minutes away from kickoff here at IG Field. It's the Bombers and Riders in the Banjo Bowl. And a little later in the pregame show, the keys to the game, brought to you by CG Open Road Outlet. Power sports, campers, boats, premium used vehicles, and more. Visit openroadoutlet.ca. Tara Maslowski joins us to talk about the origins of the Banjo Bowl. I just want to run this by you first to get your approval. Uh, Doug Brown last week said, we need to start considering that the Labor Day game is just the warm-up to the biggest game of the year. The undercard for the Banjo Bowl. That's fair. I yeah? think that's I think that's a fair statement. <laughs> it's a much bigger it's a much bigger event. So yeah, it's, it's a smaller huge. Card. Like this has grown tremendously, as Doug would know. Like when this idea was created years ago, right? Like all it took was for Troy Westwood to make that one silly comment and Boom. Jerry being Jerry. Jerry ran know, with it. Took it, ran with it, made it come to life. And it's it's grown significantly. And I mean it's so amazing. like the turnout here is amazing. Every year Banjo Bowl tickets, when's the Banjo Bowl game, circle it on the calendar, like the hype and the anticipation up into Banjo Bowl is just unreal, and I mean, I just wish you could be here to see it, this is amazing. Yeah, this, this uh, tell me the tell me the story of this, because I, I know, I met your father a couple times, Jerry Maslowski, who worked for the, for the Bombers, I met him a couple times, but not to the point where I think he would have remembered my name, when... Uh, when he got a hold of this, what? how did it come about? What did he do with it? He was just like a giddy 10-year-old child. Like, I remember him coming home saying, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, at that time, his Blackberry was blowing off the hook, right? He's there on BBM Blackberrying everybody talking about Banjo Bowl. And it just came to life. And, I mean, him and Troy worked closely together with it. David Asper was involved in that as well. And, you know, a lot of people looked at him like, this, is, this isn't going to take. Like, what do you mean? This isn't going to work. And, again, what it is now is just unbelievable. And, I mean, having it on the Saturday, I think, is a huge advantage as well. I know he wasn't very happy about that at the beginning, just to try and get Ryder fans here, because that's what the CFL is about, just bringing people together. And, you know, there's lots of green here, which I know we maybe don't like to see, but <laughs> it's great to see them come out and just be a part of the weekend's festivities. When it happened at the time, I, 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 so I come from Regina, where they do not call it, it they call it the Labor Day rematch, right? Yeah. When you say the Banjo Bowl, the president will say, well, the Labor Day yeah. rematch, they will... <laughs> 
in, in, in the beginning origins, was it just, is it all, was your dad all in fun about this? Was it like, no, they are, they are kind of inbred over there in Saskatchewan. <laughs> well, I don't know if he said those words. I mean, let's be clear, Troy, Troy said it first. 100%. <laughs> Troy said it first, but I mean, he ran with it. It's just the rivalry that it's always been for years between Regina and Winnipeg. And I remember, I mean, I used to work for the club and I used to beg dad to go to the Labor Day Classic. I'm like, I want to go. I want to experience it. Let's go. Let's go. And I mean, unfortunately, you know, back in the day, there wasn't very many W's in the win column back then, and he always dreaded going to Labor Day. It was always, you know, oh, I don't, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. So when the Banjo Bowl was born, that was kind of his baby, and he just took it and ran with it, and he loved connecting, you know, to the to the staff of the riders and bringing them down and hosting them and inviting and encouraging their fans to come to take part in Banjo Bowl. Because, yes, it is a rivalry at the end of the day, but, again, I mean, it's two football teams who have a passion for their club and their community, and it's great to see everybody here today. Well, and, and I'm in favor of anything that brings good-natured heat, right? Because, uh, the, Ed Tate, you pointed out the CFL's notes for this week call it the Labor Day rematch. They, they will not refer to it as the Banjo Bowl in any of their Which stories. shows you that yeah. it's named perfectly. Yeah. Then It's like you don't get to pick your nickname, you know, and the more you object about your nickname, <laughs> guess what? The more you're going to be called that. So if they were just embracing, oh, yeah, it's Banjo Bowl, whatever, Maybe it could be something different, but the fact that they hate it yeah. means they'll be bangeable forever. <laughs> that's just, that's how nicknames and go. Ever and ever and, and it was ever great and to ever. See, I mean, they ran with it like merchandise got made. I remember when the first shirts got printed back the at Canadian Stadium. The trophy, the banjo, the guys being on the field with it. Like, I mean, moments like that, and just looking back on memories. Like, he loved that. He loved looking forward to Labor Day weekend. He loved the banjo bowl weekend. It was all about just bringing everybody together and just having a good time. And for those that didn't know, Jerry Maslowski, I mean, he was one of the the most personable charismatic men to ever be in the front office of the winnipeg blue bombers as a player you have some trepidation about which office can i walk into and to jerry no i i didn't have to have an appointment i didn't have to call no i just go into jerry's office and i sit down no matter what he's doing and he had time for you and he had this infectious smile and he just he was a man that just loved this football team and and this franchise more than more than most i've ever encountered and he was just such a beautiful human being. He, yeah, was, so, he was such a, such a, a true uh, gentleman. So so well said, man. So well said. You know, he would love this. Uh, this this right now, even before the game, he would love this. He would love this week. Um, he would be here. He would be. Oh, he would be here. Yes. He would be going through the crowd, shaking hands, yes. thanking people for being here. Like Doug said, thank you, Doug. That was very, very what? sweet. And I mean, he he loved you guys. He loved the organization. He loved the players. He poured his heart and soul into this place when he worked here. He was here for 15 seasons. Yep. So, I mean, to grow the Banjo Bowl, what it is now, like it's something I'm incredibly proud of, and I will wear JM on me until I no longer can. Yep. Um, and I'm just here representing him. I'm here with my mom today, and it's just it's a special, you know. I feel like I need to be here. I need to be here for him. I need to be here to uh, you represent guys are him. And you guys are a huge part legacy. of this. Yeah. yeah. You guys yeah. are a huge part of this. And I'm very happy to be here. And thank you guys for having me on and talking yeah. about this. Labor Day is always a hard weekend. But, I mean, seeing all the people here together and just the passion, I just know he's smiling down and I wish he could be here. It's uh, Yeah. And this becomes comes to me, what part of it do you want to focus on? Do you want to focus on the... Troy, Troy's cracking a joke at, at family back in 2003, yeah. whatever. But I, I look here and you go, every person walking around in green, uh, uh, absolutely welcome. This yeah. should be absolutely a marketing class. This should be a marketing class taught at school, the way this has. Well, <laughs> seriously. If you have something great to capitalize on. Yes, it's an idea, how you grow an idea. 
Yeah. That's what I mean. At first, right, a lot of us were like, Banjo Bowl? Like, what do you mean? That's not going to take. And again, what it is now and seeing the people here and how quickly this game sells out. Man and... with a banjo right yeah. there. There's a banjo band. The DJ's got... That's what I mean. Inflatable banjos, merchandise, yeah. cowboy hats, like anything and everything that could be created has come to life. And I mean, that started because of him back in Canada Inns yet, right? The, the trophy, Willie Jefferson celebration. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, drumming on the old band. Like, yeah, it's it's... It's absolutely incredible. Uh, the Bombers tried it last year with the "We're going to wear white when the when the Tie Cats come to town" because we wore white twice. I'm like, yeah. perfect. Turn the heat up a little bit. <laughs> exactly. It's and just focus on the good natured part of it and not yeah. necessarily that the people that make it fun of don't have a lot of teeth. Whatever it might be. Whatever it might you be. You said it. You said it. <laughs> very diplomatically. Tara, thank you so much. Thank uh, you guys Appreciate very much. you giving us some time and uh, and talking about this because yeah, this is. This is one it's of my, a lot of fun, yeah. I'm very excited. This is what time. the CFL should be, right? Yeah. We we focus a lot on Labor Day from a, a TV era of the past where we didn't start broadcasting games until Labor Day, but yeah. now any game could be the biggest game of the year, and why? Right, it is. It's like Christmas morning. Like, Dad was like that. He would get so excited, everything leading up to Bangible. As soon as Labor Day Classic was over, boom, let's focus on the marketing. Where are the guys going to be? What community involvement? What's, you know, what's going to happen? And How many again, tailgaters can be yes, in each exactly. of the Yes, exactly. How many people lots? we can fit in here? Unbel <laughs> unbelievable the amount of tailgating there was. It's amazing. When I drove up at 1130, and I suspect they'd been there since... Eight o'clock. That was like one of my buddies. He's like, "Oh, I'm I'm getting there at nine thirty this morning." I'm like, "What for?" <laughs> and then you know, you drive up right. It's tangible. You drive Fangible. up here and see all the people, and it just makes sense. You would have yeah. loved this. You would have yeah. loved this. Yeah, fantastic, Tara Maslowski. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. I appreciate you giving us uh, the time. It is one fifty-eight. We'll take a break with an hour and ten minutes to kick off. Hot takes with Cam Poitras are next. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football at six eighty CJOB. I'm Skylar Peters. Coming up on the film room, it was an improbable win in this banjo bowl, but it turned the tide in this historic series. We revisit the first ever win at IG Field and the slippery football in Banjo Bowl 10. Coming up on the pregame show, you're listening to Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. Sounds of the game, brought to you by PlayNow.com. Rosen is picked off immediately, taken away, and to the end zone. It's oh. absolutely blasted. Relaxing in the end zone with his second touchdown of the game. Bet on blue at PlayNow.com. Enjoy responsibly. When your truck breaks down, do you take it to just any shop, or do you take it to the best shop in town? So when it comes to your... <laughs> Why wouldn't you go to the top-rated guy? Go see Dr. J, one of the top-rated doctors on RateMD. So if your <coughs> needs help rising to the occasion, bring him to one of the best. Dr. J of Buena Fe Clinic offers new and innovative treatment options for erectile dysfunction. Book your confidential visit at BuenaFeClinic.com. Do you know what you can recycle in Winnipeg? Only paper, cardboard, and empty containers made of plastic, metal, or glass go in your cart or bin. Items that are not accepted, like plastic bags, clothes, diapers, garbage, and containers with food or liquid in them, increase recycling costs and ruin other recyclables. Find out what goes where at winnipeg.ca slash recycling or contact 311. Well, you love great windows, Pioneer. Winnipeggers love good quality at an affordable price. And that's why they love Pioneer Window and Door. Made right here in Winnipeg since 1989, Pioneer Window and Door is a family-run business. Designed and made for Manitobans by a Manitoban family. From initial quote to install and service, there's only one Pioneer Window and Door. Something to sing about. Pioneer Window and Door. 
come. When games are played, when there's a trade, sports news has been made. You'll hear all about it. 25 after the hour on 680 CJOB. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. This is a hell of a play. From the 30, they'll fake it to Oliveira. Kolaris on a roll to his right, looking for somebody. He's got Dembski coming open. Tempted to himself at the 50, 45, 40, 35, and he's wrestled by Jeremy Clark. That ball was incredibly high in the air. He knocked it down with his right hand, snagged it, and Nick Dembski with an incredible catch. That's a circus catch by Nick Dembski down the right sideline. In a scramble situation like that, I just couldn't let the ball come to me. I had to go get it. When I did that, that was kind of the way that I kept myself safe. Just all about attacking the ball in the air and just having trust in, uh, in Zach. I saw like an interview with Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, Jarvis Landry, and they would say they'd always just put themselves in crazy situations and try to make crazy catches, so... That's just kind of something, you know, you always put in your off-season program, just, you know, make tough catches. 46-yard gain for Dembski. Just undirty word believable how good that catch was. That was a hell of a play. And this is a hell of a crowd for the Banjo Bowl. We're in the pregame tailgate party zone at IG Field with about an hour and six minutes to kick off. Bombers and Riders in the biggest regular season game of the year. Dirk Taylor, Doug Brown, Ed Tate, and our war correspondent, Greg Mackling, who was able to fight his way through the crowd. Uh, GMAC, I've been kind of planted in the seat since about 11.30. You walked through this crowd and you drove up Chancellor Madison. Tell, just Describe what you've seen. So on a regular basis, you will see the tailgating taking place near the soccer center, on the north side of Chancellor Matheson. I park in the U lot, which is right across from the from the footprint of the stadium. And there'll be a handful of cars by the time I get here. No, not today. Did I make a wrong turn? Am I in Kansas City? Because there are pickup trucks with smokers and ribs going and, and hot dogs and hamburgers. And not just a handful of people but dozens upon dozens of people and corporate groups and people getting together. And then you try and get in to the tailgate area, and there's got to be five or 600 people in line to meet Chris Trevler, get his autograph. And Strevy, you know what he's like. He's so gregarious. You had a great conversation with him. He's trying to have his moment with each and every one that is waiting in this line. This is next level today. And, you know... I, I like to um, sell things a little bit, but you don't have to sell this. This sells itself. I always marvel at the amount of Blue Bomber merchandise that people have on. Once again, it's next level today. There's just uh, an extra special feeling today, that first afternoon weekend game. It's, it's extra special. I don't know how we're going to get up to the booth. That's what I've been thinking about. Well, I've been luck. looking around. Like, these mobs of people here. You know, my first year of pro football was in 97 in Buffalo. And I remember my first game, I pulled into the parking lot, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> it was like, why are all these people in here, and why are they all jumping on tables, right? It was actually before the the Bills Mafia got started. But I understood the, the kind of uh, the culture and the fan celebration. And obviously it's a smaller scale because it's a smaller stadium, but same exact vibe here today at, at this stadium, uh, welcoming 
Saskatchewan to the home park. So the tailgate at SFU wasn't prominent. Yeah, not we didn't even have a home stadium there. It, it was unbelievable. So <laughs> it's uh, it's something else here. It, it is it, it is incredible. Today's game brought to you by PlayNow.com. Bet on blue, and the weather is perfection. 22 degrees Celsius, wind northwest at 11 at the airport. I don't feel much of a breeze at all, so this is an ideal game uh, for football. I just want to shout out uh, a guy we see every day. Oh, Ante, you don't sit with us media folks anymore. You as an official club member. But uh, one of the volunteers, and there are so many great volunteers that make make this whole thing go. Doug Biebrick turned 70 this week. Wow, Doug. Doug is the, the guy who uh, takes care of us media and escorts us down onto the field. Wanted to give a shout out to Doug. Uh, every day I see Udella and Doug. Every practice day. So Doug with the big 7-0 this week. Uh, Doug, we love you. Thank you so much for, for all that you do. It's it's folks like you that, that really help make events and clubs like this possible. Cam Poitras helps us make the pregame show possible with his hot, hot takes. This is why I'm hot, hot. This is why I'm hot, hot. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot, hot. I'm hot cause I'm fly. You ain't cause you not, not. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot. Cameron Poitras, co-host of Jets at Noon and the man behind our morning sports run, joins us in every pregame show. He had some, they were fiery hot takes. We didn't necessarily agree with them last week, but they were scorching. Scorching. Cam, you got to follow it up. Welcome in. Thank you for being with us. Hey, guys. Happy to be back here for uh, a, a really special edition of Hot Takes. Of course, on Banjo Bowl Saturday here at IG Field uh, in Winnipeg. This is awesome. Uh, really happy to be here again. Okay, so my first hot take the Bombers and Zach Caleros are angry. This is not going to be a close game, by my estimation. And Caleros will be so dominant that he will be named the CFL's top performer for Week 14. Oh, so blowout blow win for the Bombers. And Caleros is the top performer of the week, Doug Brown. Uh, there's nothing I'd like more for that to be true. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to go against that. I just have a lot of respect well, outside of the actions of a certain defensive end. But I have a lot of respect for the Saskatchewan defense. I think they're a high-caliber crew. And uh, I don't think it's going to be easy in any way, shape, or form. I think the, the Bombers have come out on top with a victory, but uh, a blowout, you know, watching that defense develop and mature, I think it's going to be easier said than done. I think it'll be successful today, but, man, to have a, have a runaway uh, landslide victory could be uh, could be, could be be tough sledding. Ed Tate. I'm buying that. I think he goes for over 300 and throws for three touchdowns today. I think he's... When he was mad last week after the game... It was as much about the Pete Robertson headbutt, headbutt as it was about his own play. I could hear, I was standing outside the locker room before we got the media was allowed to go in there, and he was seething, and he gave a speech, and a lot of it was pointing fingers at himself. We all got to be better. I got to be better. I think he's going to be uh, a controlled rage today, and I think the numbers are going to be through the roof. You know, for a quarterback, though, too much emotion not, is not, uh, with not him, ideal, you know? With him, he's a... I think he controls it, Doug. I think he's been around so well for so long, I mean. I think uh, he's going to go off today. I think he walks in like Denzel Washington and equalizer three, <laughs> just cuts everybody down. We should note Saskatchewan does not have their starting safety, starting defensive end, starting left guard, and starting right tackle. Oh, that's good. Because of injury and suspension. <laughs> that, that sums it up. Okay. So, that's good. to me, they're, they're covering that eight and a half and maybe even more. I'm Cam, I'm with you on hot take number one. What do you got for number two? 
Okay, number two here. Uh, the second down conversion rate last week uh, was only 33.333 repeating percent for uh, Saskatchewan, which was actually worse than the Bombers. I was surprised to see. The Bombers were at 41.2% on, on second down conversions. Uh, with the noise and the mayhem of the Banjo Bowl, it's going to drop even lower. As the communication breaks down, the Riders are going to be about 20% on second down conversions today. 20% on second down conversions. They don't have their backup running back, Frankie Hickson. Uh, I think it's because of roster ratio issues. So just the one running back at Jamal Morrow, they couldn't run the ball at all last week at Tate. That's a hot take, and it's a difficult one for me because there's a lot of math involved there. So uh, 20%, uh, 2%. So for 10, 10 plays, 10, 10, plays, 10 second 10. downs. Okay. Only uh, twice do they convert. Okay. I. You know what? I'm going to go two for two and agree with this one too on. Wow. Because I here's why. You mentioned the changes up front to their offensive line, Derek. I think that's an impacts things dramatically. And everybody was, I saw a lot of people talking about how Jamal Morrow had the great rushing game last week. I don't know what games they were looking at. He had the one game of 26 yards, but the rest of his carries were for two and three yards. They shut down the ground game. So if they try to run on first down, they'll get nothing. There was a pass play right next right. to it, right? Which yes. I think people, deceased yes. people a little so, bit. So uh, I think that they're going to be in second and long a lot today. And and that's why that 20% sounds pretty tasty to me. 20%, I think, is too low. If you think about the dominance that was the Montreal right. game, Montreal was 30% on second down. So I think 20% is a little too low. So I'm going against the hot take. Doug yeah, Brown. I agree with that as well. I don't think Jake Dalagala has ever been in an environment like this before. I don't think he uh, has any idea how that it's going to affect his thought process and his ability to communicate and, and execute offensively. So... Uh, even though that is my uh, suspicion, I still think 20% is a, is a smidgen too low. All right, uh, Cam Poitras, hot take number three. And number three, uh, the Bombers return and cover team is going to improve this uh, this week, but I'm, I'm not sure what the issue is. You know, listen, you're not, you're not going to be coming to me uh, to, to fix the complexities of the, of the special teams and all that. I think this is going to continue to be the biggest weakness for this club uh, for the rest of the season and could be that element that everybody always talks about that comes back to bite them come November. All right, I will admit I have absolutely no idea what Cam said because they dropped off ribs <laughs> and hot dogs to us. Kick yeah, return what? game is going to struggle and be the issue for the rest of the year. I, I absolutely, uh, think, I absolutely uh, think it will. Well, because Janarian Grant is back on the six-game injured list. He doesn't have to stay there the full six games, but we saw him practice last week. Uh, he did some light running moderate running let's say and we did not see him at practice this week so that does not bode well jamal parker didn't have good numbers i i think the kick return game and kick coverage is going to be a problem the rest of the season db yeah, i think they have to address it because it's it's so glaring it's so obvious i don't know this franchise i don't know this team to shy away from fixing problems that are that obvious and uh, required so i think it will be addressed even if mike o'shea has to re-immerse and engage himself uh, with that phase of the football, I, I just don't know this team to ignore and try to gloss over problem areas. They've always gone after it. And uh, going forward, I would like to hear a hot take from Cameron Poitras about uh, Derek's hot dog consumption. Just, you know, the number. He hot dog take. Hot dog take. He doesn't like eat to... enough for a grown man. <laughs> uh, 
Ed, I think it gets resolved. You know, it, it, it's, I don't think that Janarian Grant's absence is the one issue here. We're talking about kick coverage, too. And, and Coach O'Shea has already hinted this week at some of the tweaks they've made. I don't think it's coincidence that Malik Clements is back on. You know, uh, that helps in their kick coverage. You know, and I don't think it's coincidence that a guy named Ronnie Blackman was brought in this week, and he's a kick returner by trade. So if Jamal Parker can't get it done, they've got another potential candidate in-house. Uh, there's other kit potential candidates that might get a look too if Jamal Parker doesn't get it done. I just I, I don't see this being a, an issue that will linger for long. It might not get dramatically better. It might not. It, it might not be as dangerous as if when Janarian Grant is back there. But I, I don't see that this would get be this bad going into October and November. Winnipeg is number three in punt return average. There are which is surprising, but there are six teams that are within a yard of each other at that spot. A lot of that is remainder from Janarian Grant. Uh, opponent kickoff return average, they are eight, and opponent kickoff return average, they are ninth. That's the scary one. That is... That's instant field position. Interestingly, interestingly enough, you know who's also bad at special teams? The Toronto Argonauts. The two teams with the best record are both struggling uh, with their special teams. Toronto's the number one punt return team with Javon Leak having an incredible, incredible season. Cam Poitras with the hot takes joining us uh, every week here on the pregame show. 2-14, so we are uh, 53 minutes away from kickoff. That's time for Ted Wyman to come on in. We'll talk Pete Robertson. We'll talk about the return game. We'll talk about how the Riders were just a big bus full of throw up last year in advance of this game and it was an it was a waxing in 2022 plus Skylar Peters with the film room next it's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football in 680 CJOB are you waiting for a delivery new shoes or a shirt maybe a new shoulder bag Roads move products to market right into your hands. We need safe and reliable roads to grow our economy. Manitoba needs strategic investment for better roads. In the provincial election, ask your candidate, what's your plan for better roads? Take the Better Roads quiz and you could win $1,000. Visit voteforbetterroads.ca. A message from Manitoba Heavy Construction. Feel Good Day is back at Co-op. Stop by your local co-op gas bar on September 19th, and for every liter of fuel sold, co-op will make a donation to a local group in your community. It's the co-op way, fueling communities across Western Canada for generations. So fill up your tank on September 19th, and fuel good knowing co-op is giving back to your community. Visit your local co-op gas bar for more details about this year's Fuel Good Day. Ever wonder what it feels like to drive the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid? Imagine you're on the open road. You have the freedom of an electric hybrid powertrain and the confidence of Honda Sensing Safety Technology. <sighs> On second thought, that's exactly how it feels, thanks to the trusted reliability of Honda. Get that Honda feeling and lease the 2023 CRV Hybrid with rates from 5.47%. Plus, qualified Honda owners get a $750 loyalty bonus. CRVs are in stock today. Visit Harvest Honda in Steinbeck for details. I'm Nathan Martindale, president of the Manitoba Teacher Society. A new school year has begun, and students and teachers are back in the classroom. School should be a safe place where kids can learn, grow, and reach their full potential. So as we head back to class, let's remember to be kind and support each other. Small things can make a big difference and help make school a place where everyone belongs. A message from Manitoba Teachers. 
Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. A big number for this game is 3.6%. Zach Kolaris' interception rate this season, 3.6%. That's fourth highest in the league, and for Kolaris, it's a career high. After the interception he threw last week, he now has 10 on the season, and that is six straight games. He's thrown an interception, one of his longest streaks ever. In 2018, when he was a rider, he threw picks in the Labor Day and Banjo Bowl games en route to eight straight. I really feel like there's some apathy towards Zach Kolaris as the MOP candidate in the, in this Canadian Football League. If you don't feel like, well, 10 interceptions, that's a lot of interceptions, highest interception rate he's ever had, just name me anybody better in the Canadian Football League. Vernon Adams? Nope. Chad Kelly? Nope. Who, his team is up 19 points, uh, happens to have the strongest, pardon me, his team is up 26 points and he's thrown zero touchdowns today. Give me somebody better than Zach Kalaris for MOP nominations as we are now two-thirds of the way through the season. Off my soapbox and onto the sheet to tell you the pregame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center. Tackle all your at-home projects with Olympic Building Center. We welcome in now Ted Wyman. <clears throat> Before I get started on today's sermon entitled, What Ted Did... What Ted did was write a bunch of great stuff for the Winnipeg Sun this week, as he always does, and he's with us in every pregame show. Uh, the lineup for Chris Trebler's <laughs> autographs. Autographs are supposed to end in 12 minutes. I really don't believe that, that that's going to happen. Strevy might miss the game. Uh, do you have a favorite or at least a, a Strebler memory that sticks out? Oh, man, I mean, right. honestly, I, I can remember his first preseason game, and he played really well in that game. He was maybe the first rook, true rookie quarterback to start a game for the Bombers you know, when he came out that season, and he, he played very well. Uh, I remember him having a huge game in Montreal. And the, uh, to me, the one that really stands out the most for me was in the uh, West semifinal against Calgary in the year that the Bombers won the Grey Cup when he just took off with the ball, off tackle. Uh, you know, he's really a short yardage play, but he goes for a touchdown about 60 yards. He just had that certain explosiveness that really made him a very, very entertaining player. And I can tell you, I was just over there, had a little visit with him, took some pictures of him with the fans. Unbelievable what a great uh, ambassador he's being, especially for a guy who hasn't been to Winnipeg for a few years. They're lined up all over the place. And not just Chris, but the entire atmosphere for this Banjo Bowl is absolutely outstanding. I don't remember seeing this many people in the tailgate ever in any game I've been to. Yeah, it is, it is an incredible, incredible turnout, and Strevy is, is certainly uh, a part of that. The Pete Robertson headbutt, last time we'll talk about it, hopefully we'll never talk about it uh, again on Kolaris. Robertson suspended for this game. Was there a uh, was there at least a line of conversation within this week that, that you think either dominated or really frustrated you? Because I have one that we'll talk about in a second, but was there a, was there a line of, of thought around it that bothered you, like, Oh, it's totally fine that he did it. Or kick Robertson out of the league. Or it's the same as Cam Lawson's hit on the quarterback. Oh, yeah. No, those the, that last one especially was ridiculous. But 
you know, it came down in a lot of ways to party lines. And, you know, you could see some defense of Pete Robertson out there. You could see some, oh, the Bombers did something bad, too. You could see these kind of things, or it's just the Bombers being sore losers. But you know where that was coming from. It was coming on Twitter from Saskatchewan fans in general. And I think they're the only ones, for a while at least, that could look at that play and say that it wasn't something that absolutely deserved a suspension. Now, the fact is the referees missed it. And a lot of fans missed it in live time, too. I talked to lots of people after that game, and they were like, well, what even happened? Like, they, had, they weren't watching on TV, so they didn't know what had happened. And, and it, it's just a, it's a matter of um, a lot of things went wrong in that situation. The referees didn't see it. The command center called down and, and made it a penalty. Good, how are but you? you cannot tell me for the life of me how they didn't call it at least a misconduct penalty and most likely an ejection. And somehow, you know, when you've had a chance to review it, how do you make that miss? I just don't understand it. The truth is, though, the play should be in the past because Pete Robertson's not in this game, rightly so. And the Bombers scored a touchdown on the play that he gifted to them. Yep. So realistically, it didn't even have that big of an impact on the game other than to give the Bombers a better chance of winning. So in reality, I think it should just... And, and he also has apologized to Zach Claris. Zach Claris accepted the apology. I don't see that, that much reason to talk about it anymore. This is one I just wanted to bring up because this, this came from both sides for me. One was, well, Claris couldn't have been hurt too bad. Nobody stood up for him. And one was, why did nobody sock... Pete Robertson in the face. Uh, paraphrasing with that last one, and I want to. I, I just we need to point out Chris Kolonkowski was irate, and the only thing that kept him from getting after Pete Robertson was Brady Oliveira smartly stepped in the way and redirected Kolonkowski and 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 turned it down. I talked to Chris because he looked like he was going to do something until Oliveira intervened. This is how Chris Kolonkowski remembers it. I think that's just him being a. a smart football player you know that's him uh being a good teammate and stopping me from doing anything i'm going to regret in the moment not that i was going to do something stupid but obviously heat in the moment you never know he sees me going at him he doesn't know what i'm doing so that's just brady being a good teammate get me out of a situation where i could hurt the football team so there's the reaction from uh it's totally fine to kick him out of the league and one of the ones was why did no bomber punch him in the face mm -hmm. I don't perceive that as the smart way to approach it no you look across sports that's gone like the standard is changing sports in terms of discipline you know, you just have to trust that the people in charge will make the right decision to protect our players in that moment. As long as no one's in immediate further danger, there's no reason to do something to hurt the team. Like, I mean, if it was an ongoing situation, you got to protect your guys. But in that moment, you just got to protect the team as a whole. And I made sure Zach was okay. Um, and I made sure I didn't hurt the team. And Brady made sure we didn't hurt the team. It's just everyone being mature. And you just got to trust it. And that's the way you got to be a pro football player. You got to trust people to do their jobs, just like I trust my guards to do their jobs. I have to trust the league and the refs to do their jobs. And, you know, yeah. so you just kind of don't hurt the team. Is the, the protector part of your work personality and your home personality, like your away from work personality too? I'd say so, yeah. I like to make sure everyone around me is okay. It's kind of just second nature for me. Just it's it's always sure been that way? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming yeah. hockey, growing up playing hockey, it was, you know, especially high school hockey. I played with two guys on my line in high school. I went to the NHL, and it was kind of Chris. I was in grade ten; they were in grade nine before they got drafted to the OHL. And just kind of, all right, Chris, uh, get the puck to them and make sure they stay safe. So it's kind of always a role I had in whatever sport I was playing. That's Bomber Center, Chris Kolinkowski. Total nonsense that no one stood up for Zach Kalaros. But you you can't retaliate in that situation. So. I, I like 
kind of everybody. I I sort of like everybody's reaction to it. Maybe not everybody, but I like Kolonkowski's reaction to it. I like Brady's reaction to it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, DT, because the Rough Riders have a reputation as an undisciplined team, and they've I think they showed it again last week. There's they've had discipline problems over the last few years, and it's been somewhat of a downfall for them. They got away with it last week, but. Um, that, I, I, the Bombers have a completely different MO in my mind. I think that Brady Oliveira heard Mike O'Shea in his head saying, let's make sure we don't make this worse. We're in a good situation. Like, if thinking quickly, you're going, he just gave us a first down. And, you know, that's a pretty important thing in that game, especially with, what, four minutes left in the game? It was, it was a pivotal moment, and the Bombers, in my mind, have shown over the last few years that they have the ability to re- keep their cool, keep their discipline in those kind of moments. Doug, what, what did you make of the team's reaction to their quarterback being struck? Did you anything know, stand out? Or My, my biggest thing is uh, the head coach of Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Craig Dickinson, uh, I think he just waffles on everything. I, I, don't think, I think there's a fine line uh, about uh, a player and your relationship with your coach. There has to be respect and there has to be a certain level of fear and i'm not sure he has enough of either box uh in order to properly uh lead and manage his team they're certainly not afraid to uh to be provoked and do undisciplined things on the field of play they certainly are not scared of consequences with their head coach affecting their actions on the field it is it's it can be out of control and uh, he's not a hardline guy. Doesn't seem like it at all. He only does the right thing when he's held to the fire. And uh, he doesn't speak out about his guy. He's more interested in, in his locker room just liking him than necessarily that degree of, hey, guys, this is the way it has to be. I'm a head coach. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to get you to play disciplined, smart football, effective and executing and uh, he's just not that guy. That was my m- most disappointing thing was how he waffled on his take and made mentions of how he didn't think it was such a big deal, so on and so forth. They go to and that's repeatable <laughs> behavior from him when it comes to uh, uh, plays that are inexcusable from his players. G-Man. Well said, Doug. I think, I think that's the difference, though, when you're talking about Dickinson and O'Shea. Yep. The way the Blue Bombers reacted, it was discipline. There were two other circumstances where you had offsetting you know, objectionable conduct penalties in that game. Yep. And I'm sure O'Shea was bothered by that because I would bet dollars to donuts it was the Saskatchewan players that initiated those things and maybe the Bombers reacted. I don't know for sure, knows, but that but would yeah. be my bet. All that to say, I think that's the difference in terms of the respect and the discipline. You've got a championship team on one side that says, we'll make you pay on the scoreboard. Another one that says, I'm more important than the team. Yeah, and I just agree with Doug because I do think that uh, Craig Dickinson has shown throughout the Garrett Marino situation last year and other situations that he's not done a very good job of controlling uh, his team in terms of discipline. And they, they have kind of built that reputation with him as the head coach and i do think that he needs to take more uh steps to make sure that those things don't keep happening to, to dickinson's defense this offseason and maybe it's jeremy o'day the gm's defense they cleared out some of the guys they thought were a problem this last offseason they're the bombers are number one in penalties the, the saskatchewan's number three so it's not two years ago where they were number nine with a bullet but how many penalties did they have last game in the Labor Day Classic? Ten, double the number of bombers. Right. And now. last year, but a guy that wasn't even dressed for the game, you could argue, helped cost them the game 
last year. So Duke what does Williams, that say? Baby. What does that Duke. say about the culture oh. there? Well, Inmates no, and running the asylum. To to Doug's point from earlier, when Dickinson comes on in the post game or in his post game says, uh, "I didn't see it, but I don't think it was that bad." What you should say is, "I didn't see it," and we can debate whether that's true or not because whatever. I didn't see it, but Pete can't lose control like that. Is what you absolutely have to say in that. It can't. It, it, it can He's still a sympathizer be, for his uh, own players and, and I, their own behavior. And I get supporting your guys, but some things wrong are wrong. Wrong words to do it. Though, something right? exactly, yeah. exactly. Some things are wrong. So I would like to tweak uh, uh, what he said. Uh, we got about ninety seconds. Uh, how the Riders were sick last year yeah. or the return game? Where do you want to go? Oh man, what do you, what do you like? Honestly, better? return game. Just quickly. Honestly, it's not just the return game. It was all special teams. Adam Korsak was the better punter in last game. Mary Alford was by far the better kick returner, and the Saskatchewan Roughriders were by far the better kick coverage team. The Bombers really, I think, lost that game because of the way the special teams were played on both sides. So that has to change this week. Not sure Jamal Parker is going to be the answer, but the, as Doug said, they have to come up with something. And the being sick one is funny because, well, it's not funny, because it's pretty awful what happened to those guys. They had norovirus going throughout the room. Guys were so sick, and it's just interesting that Jake Dalagala is going to start today because last year at this time, he was on his way to Winnipeg in a car. They called him that morning right. and said, you know what, everybody's sick. You're going to have to get here, and you're going to have to play. And when he got here, he didn't end up playing. Cody Fajardo ended up playing. But, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big difference. And, and, you know, Craig Dickinson said he wouldn't have wished any of it on uh, any of his worst enemies. It sounds like it was a pretty awful situation. So... That was a 50 to, what, 50 to 20 game for the Bombers, 54 to 20, something like that. Yep. I do not think we'll see that this year. I do expect the Bombers to, to be better than last week and win this game, but I think there was certainly a contribution to what happened last year because of the Riders being so sick. Wherever Dickinson, he talked about eating a burrito and he didn't feel great. Wherever burrito from is a place I will not be going. Uh, you should read everything Ted Wyman writes and you should uh, be with us for every pregame segment as he is. Thank you, brother. See you, gentlemen. Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun. Nice, nice enough to be with us. Injury report for Dr. J's new men's sexual health clinic. Need to perform better in the bedroom? See the top-rated doctor on Google. Visit drj at buenafecclinic.com. All six gamers for the Bombers right now. Jared Beeksma, Alden Darby, Shane Goche back on sixth game. Janarian Grant returns to the six-game injured list until the end of October. Of course, he can come off earlier, but Janarian uh, back on sixth game. Tiadric Hansen now a third stint on sixth game, but he's he practiced this week in advance of going on sixth game, so he might not be far off. Desmond Lawrence and Mike Miller as well on the six-game injured list as the Bombers continue to be incredibly healthy in their starting 24. The injury report for Dr. J's new men's sexual health clinic. Need to perform better in the bedroom? See the top-rated doctor on Google. Visit Dr. J at BuenaFeClinic.com. It's 2.31 and time for a little film room. Last decade, Bomber fans have enjoyed a dominant stretch in this game, but it wasn't always this way, and it took a win in the most improbable of Bomber teams that set the table for 10 years of mostly excellent football from there. Skylar Peters welcomes you to IG Field during its inaugural season and the 10th anniversary of this storied game on another episode of The Film Room. I'm Skyler Peters. Welcome into the film room. It's like Christmas in September around here. Regardless of the stakes, the second half of this home-and-home -home series, so eloquently named by the great Troy Westwood 20 years ago, 
has always meant that much more than a regular season game. And I know Bomber fans have a long memory, and for a long time, Winnipeg was coming back to their own house looking to avenge a loss out in Regina the week before. Counting that OT defeat at Mosaic last Sunday, that makes 15 wins in the last 18 for the Riders on their own turf. But out here, it's a different story. The Bombers lead the all-time series 11-7, including a 7-2 record in the last decade. So let's go back to the day that turnaround started. Year one at IG Field, September 8th, 2013. The 1-8 Bombers limping back home after a 48-25 loss. And just a minute 30 into this one, disaster. Looking right, firing, and it's intercepted. Corey Watson, the intended receiver, and the Riders bring it back. But the Bombers would stop Darian Durant at the one. Then Corey Sheets just inches from the end zone, and Saskatchewan would have to settle for three. And we wouldn't have to wait long for the answer. Ford at the 15, he's back to the 20, the 25, the 30, Will Ford the 40, he's to center field, he is gone, Will Ford the 30, the 20, no flags, the 10, touchdown Blue Bombers. It's hard to call a play a turning point when it happens just six and a half minutes into a game, but you can hear the energy in that crowd and in Bob Irving's voice, something Bomber fans had been missing for much of this season to date, Ford provided on that run. The Riders would eke back into the lead with two more field goals from Chris Milo, including one that came off a Bombers fumble on a so punt return. So Mike the turnover counter, and already three. Kristen Jackson fumbles it at the Rider 20, and the Bombers have recovered at the Rider 25-yard line. Marty Marquette, who had an interception earlier, recovers the fumble, and the Riders present the Bombers with a real gift. Winnipeg would turn that into three more points, but Milo quickly answered and the Riders led 12-10 at the break. And that's despite the Bombers' offense not managing a single first down before halftime. And at that point, it's one guy across the field from you, and as a professional, you need to to step up and, and beat that guy across from you, and we weren't able to do that in the first half. So Justin Goltz came out of the tunnel for the second half, a man on a mission. But here's Goltz. He's going to run a quarterback draw, and he's got room. He's to center field. He's to the rider, 50, the 45, the 40. Justin Goltz takes the board, and Goltz will score. The Bombers now with their biggest lead of the afternoon, and Darian Durant trying to make something happen. Bombers come with pressure, and Durant slips away, and he's on the run to the 45, the 50 and fumbles the ball right into the arms of DeMond Washington. You couldn't hand that ball to DeMond Washington any smoother, but the punch out from Pierre-Luc LeBay delivered the rock right to the Bombers' defensive back, and Goltz would make the most of that gift. Goes for Kelly, down at the five, did he catch it? Yes, Aaron Kelly, big catch at the three-yard line of the Riders, and he's gonna run a little option, and then off the left side, he's in for a touchdown, Justin Goltz. The Bombers' lead extended to 12 by this point, and it's one they would never relinquish. Finally, a win in the new digs. I was really happy for the guys. Uh, I thought they played their hearts out. And I was happy for the fans because, uh, you know, we wanted to give them, uh, you know, something that they could remember and, you know, and glad we could do it during the Banjo Bowl. Head coach Tim Burke acknowledging the great play of Goltz in the offense in the second half, but he also had to hand it to the guys on the other side of the ball. Guys like Bryant Turner, who didn't give up a major all afternoon. We blitzed quite a bit and played a lot of man. You know, I just thought uh, again, I thought our guys really came to play and we got, 
even when we only had a four-man rush, our D-line was really rushing hard. We had the offensive line on their toes, so when we went to just regular base pass rush, you know, we could open up a little and actually do what we wanted to do. Things could have gone sideways early in this one after that interception from the Bombers' QB, but it was two big stops on the one that minimized the damage. Defense held us in the game the first half, and it was absolutely, um, you know, they, they were our drive today, so... Man, everybody's excited, and it's a, a big win. Listen, we can't pretend this game led to a miraculous turnaround for the 2013 Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They would only taste victory once more that season. But for an afternoon, well into the night for many, I'm sure, Bomber fans were able to bask in the glory after winning the biggest game of the year. I can tell you what, not a guy in this locker room cares about the stats, anything about it. we got to yep. win, and, and, and so much for the fans, man. And to get one at home... Uh, it took a while, but it happened. Yeah, it happened. Today, the motivation lies with clinching a playoff berth, avenging a loss six days ago, and yes, sending 33,000 people, or at least the ones not wearing green, home happy from IG Field. That is Skylar Peters, and if you've got a favorite play, email Skylar at CGOB.com, S-K-Y-L-A-R at CGOB.com, and you might just hear it on a future Bombers broadcast. 2.37, so we're about 30 minutes away from kickoff. Doug Brown's keys to the game, and uh, GMAC tells us some James Murphy stories on the other side. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber football at 6.80. CJOB. Chrysler, Ram, Jeep, ATVs, boats, outboards, street bikes, dirt bikes, tractors, campers. Chud's Chrysler and Power Sports have more product, a bigger selection, and friendly small-town service. This is Mike Chud inviting you to come visit us in my hometown of Gimli. I promise the experience you have will be worth it. Chud's Chrysler and Power Sport have been providing customers with premium product and a great customer experience for almost 90 years. So take the nice drive to Gimli. It'll be a game changer. Looking for an outdoor lighting solution for your deck and landscape? Look no further than Windeck. Hi, I'm Mel Duick. Windeck is a premier dealer for in-light outdoor lighting, a lighting system that can be installed by anyone who can plug in a toaster, control your lights with Bluetooth phone application, and get lit with in-light. Enjoy your backyard investment well into the night. Don't let the sun end your fun. For more information on in-light, come visit our showroom, 937 Redonda Street, and see what fixtures fit you. Windeck. Do it once. Do it right. The moment you propose to her is special. It's your chance to say, I love you and can't wait to spend my life with you. Let Namath Diamonds help create an experience you'll both cherish forever. I'm Joe Namath from Namath Diamonds, and we can help you find the diamond engagement ring she's been dreaming of. Come see us Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Namath Diamonds in Southdale Square. Recycle smart, no plastic bags in the cart. Plastic bags ruin your recycling efforts, increase costs, and end up in the landfill. Never put plastic bags, whether they're empty or full, into your recycling. Simply toss your recyclables loosely into your cart. If you collect your recyclables in a plastic bag, empty the contents into the cart. You can reuse your plastic bags or return them to a participating retailer. For more information, visit winnipeg.ca slash recycling or contact 311. Bomber fans, we are 30 minutes away from kickoff on the radio home of the Bombers, 680 CJOB. Winnipeg Blue Bomber football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. 30 minutes to kickoff. 
all the other regular season games just a lead up to this the pregame tailgate for the banjo bowl continues to rage here at ig field we appreciate you being with us in advance of the bombers and riders bombers falling in the Labor Day warm-up, what can they do to respond in this one? Today's game brought to you by PlayNow.com. Bet on Manitoba. Derek Taylor, Doug Brown, and Greg Mackling of the start joins us. Also, uh, Greg Mackling, amateur bomber historian. Mm-hmm. Uh, amateur I, is the operative word there. <laughs> if I need to know something uh, that happened in the time before I came, you're the guy I come to. So I come to you on James Murphy goes into the blue bombers ring of honor today well this is my wheelhouse this is my you know my era of fandom the blue bombers of course won three great cups 84 88 90 murph was a member of all three teams he was the most outstanding player in the league in 1986 116 receptions i think terry greer had the league uh, record up until that point at 113 if i'm not mistaken but the 1988 Grey Cup, I think he had 146, he had almost 150 yards receptions in the first half of the 88 <laughs> oh, Grey man. Cup in Ottawa versus BC. Didn't catch another ball in the game. That's how good he was in that first half. He was still the MOP of that game that the Bombers ended up winning in surprising fashion. But uh, James Murphy, his connection to Winnipeg after his retirement, thir- like I was sitting in his backyard with him the day after this was released. He's my neighbor now. Yeah. He lives two doors down from me. And so this is, a, this is a guy who, when I was 15, used to skip a lot of school. And I used to watch a sneak into Jets practices and Blue Bomber practices. And one day after practice, Kevin Nealis and James Murphy called me and my friends down, my friends and I, down onto the field. You guys play ball? Yeah, we play ball. And he spent a half an hour, him and Kevin Nealis, showing us some warm-up routines, some stretches. And to that point in my life was the coolest thing that had ever happened to me. And so now to be here all these years later to see james murphy inducted into that ring of honor is something special you know he's decided to be a part of the community doug you know you know what this is like and you don't take it lightly even if you've got an inkling that you're getting that phone call you know murph is telling me bob irving calls calls him to give him the news right and and james has a pretty good bob irving imitation thinking that bob just maybe wants to go golfing but it's in the back of his head. Even though it's in the back of his head, he says it's not anything you ever imagine is going to happen. And so for him to get his due today, I think is extra, extra special. Not every Hall of Famer is a Blue Bombers Ring of Honor player, right? Which is an incredible, incredible thing to say about what an honor it is to go into the Blue Bombers Ring of Honor. And uh, Joe Poplowski uh, last year, what, Bob Irving the year before. Uh, just when you see that, that, that list of names across the... I, the facing of the second deck on the east side you know oh oh boy there's some there's some ones in there and if, if you've been a blue bomber fan long enough and you each and every one of those names depending on your generation you will have a specific memory or handfuls of of, of memories that go directly to that player and that that's part of the measure yeah i think and so uh james murphy incredibly deserving i mean that Man, some of those teams he played on with Jeff Boyd and him on the outside. You had Rick House, Joe Poplowski, Perry Tuttle, Buster Rhymes. These, these, these incredible players that he played with. But for him to be above all others, yeah, 
you know, it's pretty humbling for him. But when you hear the stories about how he went about his business, he wasn't just content to be on the team. He wanted to be a different difference maker. He always wanted to be the guy that caught the ball in, at the important times. And, and you know, that that's you're just not born that way. There, there's something, there's an internal drive that, 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 that creates that, that desire to be, throw me the ball, I will catch it, just as long as it's in the area code. That's what, that's what you want from your lead receiver, James Murphy, uh, being honoured into the Bombers' ring of honour uh, today. Let's do Doug's Keys to the Game, brought to you by CG Open Road Outlet, Power Sports Campers, Boats, Premium Use Vehicles, and more. Visit openroadoutlet.ca, because with this crowd, it's going to take us a minute to get up to the booth. Yeah. So, Doug, let's do it. Yeah, number one key to the game, Jake Dalagala has to have an adverse reaction to the environment he is playing in. So uh, he did not win the Riders a game last week, but he certainly didn't cost them the game either. And uh, we need to see a pronounced effect of this defense affecting him, but the crowd noise, the communication limits, so on and so forth. Jake Dalagala needs to be a victim of this environment. Uh, Number two, I want to see Zach Caleros just be even-keeled. I want him to channel that rage into just uh, a level of precision and, and uncanny um, awareness of, of being in sync with the, with the offensive execution and his receivers. So it's keeping uh, Zach not raging and carrying over anger. I don't think that's good for a quarterback. And then my third key to the game is the cover team limiting uh, the number of starting possessions inside the 40-yard line. Uh, for the Saskatchewan uh, Rough Riders. Too many times last week we saw them starting at or near half field, and there's no way Jake Dolagala is going to march this team the entire length of the field on a consistent basis. That's up to special teams to make that trek a lot longer for him. I like it. I like all of that. Uh, that is Doug Brown's keys to the game for CG Open Road Outlet. Still to come, Christian Amell talks to Jamarcus Hardrick ahead of the Banjo Bowl. And uh, GMAC will take over from here. Thank you, brother. We'll see you at halftime. Safe travels to the uh, Certainty Broadcast booth. You guys are going to need a Sherpa, I think. Uh, maybe Strebler can lead block for us because he, he, that guy can run hard. He, to get through this <laughs> sold-out crowd for the Banjo Bowl will be a task. Uh, we will break. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. Hi, my name is Victoria, and I'm a Stars VIP. I was T-boned at the end of my gravel road. The fire department and ambulance from Carberry got me to the Carberry Hospital. Stars picked me up and got me to the Health Sciences Center as quickly as possible. I wouldn't have been able to make it if I didn't have that care. I was put into a medically induced coma for 12 days and I suffer a severe traumatic brain injury. It's almost been seven years and I still have it. They had to teach me how to walk again. I was taken to Riverview where they had to teach me how to speak again and do normal daily tasks. The STARS helicopter is so important and has helped save so many people. I just encourage all the donations and all the support for them. STARS Critical Care makes a difference in the lives of very important patients like Victoria every day. To hear other STARS VIP voices like these and learn more about the medical team behind the mission, visit CJOB.com. Brought to you by Manitoba Blue Cross and 680 CJOB. Thinking about a new deck? Come in and try before you buy at Olympic Building Center. Experience so many different larger-than-life size options in our massive showroom today. Amazing! I can see exactly what all of my options would look like, even with the lights on at night. Come get inspired by Manitoba's largest indoor deck display, and you'll be spending the summer enjoying your new deck instead of building it. No appointment necessary. You're always welcome to try before you buy at Olympic Building Center. 
Seem like your friends are always camping? Think you're missing out on all the fun? Well, you probably are. Adam Big Hill here for my friends at CG Open Road Outlet. Make this the year you commit to camping. Shop 300 campers in stock or hit the trail on ATVs by CF Moto and Argo. When you go to CG Open Road Outlet, you know you'll always get low rates and no payment for 90 days. Stop missing out on all the fun. Visit CG Open Road Outlet in Winnipeg, Steinbach, or openroadoutlet.ca. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Hey, Bomber fans, I'm Marissa Turton. Did you know last week was the first time the Bombers lost to the Riders since 2019? Last week's 32-30 overtime loss in Regina ended Winnipeg's seven-game win streak against Saskatchewan. That started with the 2019 Western Final. Over those seven matchups, the Bombers have been able to limit the Riders to an average of 14 points, with Winnipeg averaging about 29 points per game. Winnipeg has been victorious in six of the past seven Banjo Bowls and has won 11 of 17 since the tradition started in 2004. We're back the tailgate area outside IG Field. Things are starting to thin out as people make their way to the seats. Greg Mackling along with Christian O'Mell, who joins us from inside IG Field on the sidelines. Christian, I don't know what your experience was coming to the stadium today and getting inside, but it feels next level today in terms of the atmosphere. Well, traffic was tough. Uh, if that's what you mean, getting in. Bishop Grandin took a while to get across that, but uh, nonetheless, other than that, it was no problem getting in. Uh, very crowded in the tailgate area. I noticed just all along Chancellor Matheson, so many people uh, lined up, having a fun time before they go into the game. I, I admit I'm getting here later than I normally would during the, if they, if they play on a weeknight, I'm getting in a little later, but still, I think we obviously know that there's going to be more people at this game than are at any regular season game. That's how it always goes because it's the Banjo Bowl. Yeah, of course, there's are, most people. Yeah, and there's it, it, just an extra level of excitement. The Saturday afternoon game, the first one of the season, it's got that collegial feel. It's got an NFL feel. Uh, you know, I don't know if you can ever get more merchandise on fans than what you see on Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans, but I don't know, just next level in terms of the energy. And I only bring this up again, Christian, because I'm my concern is not necessarily how the Blue Bombers play overall today, but maybe that they might end up being a little too amped up to start this game. I think I feel like they got to come out and and be in control of their emotions as veteran. And as, as uh, full of moxie this team is overall, I feel as though that might be an issue today. I, I don't know why. Something's gnawing at the back of my head. Well, starting hot has been something this team really hasn't done a lot this season, right? If you look at their home games especially, the Calgary game jumps out where they're down 11 nothing early and then they take over. The Montreal game, two early pick sixes. Second half, they run the table. Elks game, 6-6 six, six at the half, and then they go crazy in the second. Uh, the BC Lions rematch, obviously, they just kind of took care of business from start to finish. But you can find a lot of games, even the last weekend in Saskatchewan, where the first half, they were not very good. They had right. one good drive, and Zach Kolaris otherwise... He was not completing many passes. There was the interception to Nick Marshall. They were down 16-7 pretty deep into the third quarter. So this is a team that notoriously starts slow, and you wonder if the amped-up atmosphere can help or hurt that cause here today. So the offensive line, 
we've had this discussion throughout the season. I'm a little distracted right now, Christian. We've got multiple wasps swarming oh, around no. me at the moment right now, so you'll have to bear with me. We've okay. had this conversation multiple times this season with regard to the offensive line, and for the most part, Zach Claros had a decent amount of time to throw the ball last week. What do you anticipate this week? I think the O-line's going to be better for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, simply put. I think whenever they lose, it seems like the next week they're a lot better. And we saw that with the uh, the BC Lions rematch, how they came out and really didn't get a finger on Kolaris in that rematch. And I think we're going to see that here today. A Rough Riders team that doesn't have Pete Robertson out there because he had but Zach Kolaris last week. They're just, I don't think, going to have that same kind of rush on Kolaris. And they did a good job getting him out of the pocket last week and taking advantage of his great ability to throw on the run. But I think this offensive line is going to be a lot better today. I think Kolaris is going to have time to make the Rough Riders pay. I think the Riders are going to lose this game, and I think not getting a rush on the quarterback is a big part of that. And speaking of offensive linemen, Greg, I had the chance to catch up with Bomber veteran Jamarcus Hardrick. This is not his first banjo ball. He, he knows how it goes here, and we, we talked about the game just a few minutes ago. So, Jamarcus, how hungry are you to avenge what happened on Sunday? I'm just hungry to get a team win in front of this home crowd. I know it's going to be loud. I'm starving to get a win for the fans. How much do you enjoy playing in the Banjo Bowl? I don't know if I can put it on a excitement level. Scale of 1 to 10, I'll give it a 1,000. Is there anything different about playing at 3 p.m. compared to 7.30? Probably just daylight. Other than that, man, the fans are going to be great. They're going to have fun out here. All right, have fun today. Thank you. He's starving, Craig, for a <laughs> win here today. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting that uh, very quickly Jamarcus sort of went away from that retribution conversation, right? The Bombers don't don't really like to go down that road. I I don't think athletes overall like the idea of of it being a retribution thing. Whether or not it's in the back of their head or not, they're not going to verbalize that. No, and this Bomber team has really been the embodiment of the cliche of just every game is its own game, right? over the course of the last number of years. So every game's just the next game that we got to win, go 1-0 every week. I like, though, that this week they did acknowledge that this isn't any other game, right? Especially for the fans, this is not just any other game. I think for the players, they understand it's going to be louder, but, hey, this is still counts the same in the standings as any other game does, but they know that the atmosphere is going to be a little bit different here. And for the, I mean, most of the players on this team are veterans that have been in Banjo Bowls in the past. And so they know how it goes, but still, nonetheless, I I think you have to be a little extra amped up if you're the Bombers here today. I, I hear the fireworks going off. I assume the Bombers are uh, making their appearance on the field. Who's Not quite yet. Out? No? Not quite okay. yet. They're doing the, the cheerleaders just came out. They've done the season ticket holders. I've done the run on the field. The plane just came across. The coaching staff is coming out here right now. It's soon. I think they do uh, the uh, intro video. And then they do the the players coming out. So not quite yet, but we're very close, Greg. We've got 90 seconds here, Christian. Chris Streveler was here today. He's in the building. He was signing autographs. He joined us on the pregame show here on 680 CJOB. I know you get the text messages because we get them on the start. Why are you talking about Chris Streveler? Who cares about Chris Streveler and what he's doing and not doing in the NFL? Let me say this to anybody who has that that thought if you were here today just like if you were questioning ever the idea of why the cfl is so popular in winnipeg if you were here today you would understand 
Yeah, he's an icon in this city because he helped them win their first Grey Cup in almost 30 years. That 2019 team will always be special in the hearts of Blue Bomber fans because that's the team that did it. They went on the road three straight games and did it. He played hurt and did it. He threw the touchdown in the Grey Cup. He played hurt. He had the video of him coming out of the Calgary St. Peter's facility with the Grey Cup. He had the fur coat at the parade. He was... He was living his life for three weeks there that we'll never forget. So, of course, we're going to remember him. We don't have to spend a lot of time going over his NFL exploits because there haven't been all that many. But, hey, 2019 was a special time, and it always will be for Bomber fans. Absolutely. And just to go back and to kind of tie it all together, you mentioned first Grey Cup in almost 30 years, 1990, then 2019, the years separated on this day in 1990. Old-time Blue Bomber fans like me will remember that Rod Hill had a five-interception performance against the Hamilton Tiger Cats at Old Winnipeg Stadium. It's going to feel like old-time football today. Christian, thank you very much keeping us up to date on what's going on in the sidelines throughout the game. We'll take a pause, and uh, the next voices you hear will be those of Doug Brown and Derek Taylor, your voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers right here on Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football. On 680 CJOB. You've been listening to the pregame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence on 680 CJOB.